Welcome to The Extra Pieces. I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick and... I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. Welcome to our little podcast and come and join us while we talk about Lego sets, things happening in the Lego fan community and pieces we've stepped on in the middle of the night. G'day Jay, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. It is it is mid-October, so what's... There's, what, two and a half months left in the year and approaching Christmas. So it's all, it's all good from here. It's all, it's all good holiday vibes from here, at least Fantastic. for me. Fantastic. It, it must be time to start um, thinking about, about those brand new Lego sets for Christmas and we've seen a couple of them teased and a whole lot of other stuff that we know is probably coming but we haven't really seen them yet but uh, that's probably not been the really big news this Mm -hmm. week is it yeah the very big news is that we got our very first 2024 reveal um did anyone realize that it's 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 the first 2024 reveal um and we gotta wait a bit because it's coming out in march so not in jan so it's what five months ish away but we got a look at the new lego and animal crossing collaboration that's the next nintendo and lego ip that they're working on and yeah it's a thing lego animal crossing is a thing officially it is and i'm not gonna lie certainly when i saw the first figures as well as the sets i couldn't help but cast my mind back to fabuland the set of anthropomorphic animals that was released between 1979 and 1989 um, that would have been part of many people's childhoods. In fact, I can't help but think that that was my first thought when I saw my my kids playing Animal Crossing with their switches plugged into the TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, it's not a... um, I would say yes, but also... Um, also, knowing that Animal Crossing was um, was developed by uh, Nintendo, so yeah. um, it's a very Japanese game. Um, so the first game was was actually called Animal Forest, and it came out on the uh, Nintendo sixty four. Um, but it only came out in Japan, I believe. So it was never um, it was never brought to north america so it was a very japanese type of game and Mm. back then um from 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 what i read um it was it it was set to you know very japanese um there there are a lot of japanese references and like holidays and there is a there's like a concept of like kawaii or like just cute stuff in japan they anthropomorphize Anthropomorph. God, I'm gonna butcher. They make this. animals look like people. Yeah, they anthropomorphize. Is that even a word? They anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphize. Um, That's the word. Well, cute animals are a thing in Japan. Like you've got like Hello Kitty. Um, yeah. You've got you've got a bunch of different like mascots. So it was a very you know like Japanese game to you you know where you basically show up as a villager, talk to animals, write them write letters. Give, give presents, run, 
um, run errands, um, you know, partake in different activities like fishing and catching bugs, again, which are very Japanese pastimes. Like, for example, like Pokemon, the guy who the the creator of Pokemon uh, created Pokemon because he um, he wanted to mimic his childhood of, uh, you know, catching beetles and making them fight, for example. So, again, these things are very um, innately Japanese. So, yes, I... I, I, I I mean, you can kind of look at it as as Fabulan inspired, but this is a like this at its core, like Animal Crossing, um, is you know is 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 really quite a um, it's very Japanese, and the fact that it's kind of exploded in popularity worldwide is, um, yeah, it's just some some something of a something of a you know a nice little surprise. I don't think Nintendo ever expected Animal Crossing to be as big as it is in its current form. So you're not saying that Nintendo engineered the COVID-19 pandemic for the purposes of furthering sales of Animal Crossing New Horizons? Look, the the release was very... The, the timing of the release was very it was suspicious. suspicious, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> it was, you know, as, as we were all retreating into our homes, um, it became a way for people to connect and live, you know, vicariously through a villager... Um, plunked on a desert island and charged with, you know, redeveloping and yeah, just 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 turning t- turning turning an, a deserted island into a island paradise. Uh, that's the mm. newest Animal Crossing: New Horizons, which, um, which is huge. So people don't realize, um, like like some people might turn up their noses and go, oh, that's a weird, um, that's a weird thing for like Lego to do. Um, because this is the second Nintendo license after Super Mario, but what people don't realize is that Animal Crossing is huge. Like it is the second highest selling game on the Nintendo Switch. Um, it is it sold more copies than um than 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 the mainline Super Mario games. The best selling game is Mario Kart, which is um yeah, which which is which is like mind boggling. Yeah, but it sells it sells more than Zelda, it sells more than Mario. It is effectively one of Nintendo's biggest franchises. Um mm. and Nintendo Switch is one of the best selling consoles of all time. So the second best selling game on one of the best selling consoles of all time is is huge. It's huge. And again, that was partly why uh back in was it 2020, I made sort of a prediction that we'd get Lego Animal Crossing in 21 because that was just hot on the heels of Animal Crossing kind of bursting out and, mm. you know, becoming this global phenomenon thanks to, you know, the COVID lockdown. Um, and at that time, Nintendo was also fresh off its Lego Super Mario collaboration. So in my head, I was like, this is such a no-brainer. Like, I'm sure they would, you know, they, they, they would kind of set their eyes on this. Um, so my timing was kind of off off by about three years but um i still stand by the i mean this 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 collaboration is the just makes like perfect sense from a from a commercial perspective it certainly does and look i think it it works it works on so many levels one there is that um all of those that are i mean when you look at the the potential audience here uh, as you mentioned huge game with a huge audience, 
a very distinct audience as well. So it's a video game, but it doesn't it doesn't have your typical like male fifteen to thirty five audience. Um, the 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 Animal Crossing fan base is predominantly female, uh, which is not which is not what you 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 tend to expect when you think of like a gaming audience. No, but when you think of where is the big missing gap in Lego's current, um, not inventory, but um, in, their, in, their variety, in their portfolio, thank you, that's the word that was escaping me. Um, you know, it's certainly women in that 20 to 35 age group would mm-hmm. be, They've been increasingly catered for with the advent of Winnie the Pooh, the botanicals as well, and some Harry of the Potter ideas. Harry Potter is the closest like yeah, demographic. Harry, Harry Potter, but uh, which is probably more of a, a very broad, mm. appealing thing. But this is certainly being a niche. But it's also ticks the boxes for kids liking bright animal things and going for the kawaii aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I'm not going to lie, sort of just lurking as I do in a couple of Fabuland groups, I, th- I think there is more than a nod to the Fabuland aesthetic yep. in these sets. You know, the trees sort of reach out. The fruit trees certainly have that look about them. The figures call back, although they don't have the same sort of appearance, they do have the intricately moulded heads that Fabuland brought us, though now we've got fantastically printed torsos, which is just so exciting. The sets are just chock-a-block full of little accessories like the Fabuland sets were, you know, (laughs) be they all sorts of little bits of food, watering cans, baskets, mobile phones, post boxes, other garden implements, little bits yep. of fence, little bits of garden, and then you've got these sort of these um, this panel construction that you know you've got windows and door panels that are almost interchangeable between sets, in much the same way that we sort of had these dedicated elements in in Fabuland that mm. you could just swap around to change color and and the like. Yep. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, after all, if you look at it, um, Animal Crossing is about uh, a bunch of um, animals living in a quaint village or island. Yep. And Fabuland is a bunch of uh, animals living in a quaint village. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's 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 Fabuland's definitely one of the more beloved vintage classic themes and. We've we've definitely seen a resurgence in nostalgia. Um, you know, we've seen the return of classic space, the return of classic pirates, classic castle, uh, in you know different shapes and forms. But now, especially more so with Lego icons. But Fabulous is a tough one to bring back. So I feel like there's definitely, I think you're right. There's there's the the, the spirit of Fabulous lives on. Um, this is this is you know because this is Lego. This is kind of Fabuland's spiritual successor of sorts. Look, I, I'd, I, I'd, I'd be willing to agree. Look, there's, uh, there's a few big things that are different between 
Animal Crossing and Fabuland. And look, one of those is really just intrinsic to the nature of the gameplay where basically you just walk around, occasionally ride a bike or catch a boat around the islands. And there were a lot of trucks and fire engines and mopeds and just general cars in Fabuland. There was a lot, you know, and we don't see in our first wave anyway, we don't see a significant amount of transportation available. Mm-hmm. But we do see a few things that feel like they're carrying over, you know, not the least of which is, you know, Bonnie Bunny loved to go camping, although she did it with like a like a camper van or a car and caravan, um, as opposed to Bunny and Animal Crossing, who's going a little bit more hardcore with a tent. Mm. But it was also toasting marshmallows, so that's pretty cool. The overall aesthetic, the lines, they they certainly harken back, even though there's not that DNA of sort of seventy of eighties Lego with nineties, early noughties going on twenty twenties video game aesthetic. Yep. Well, on that note on like vehicles, um the current instalment of Animal Crossing doesn't quite have vehicles because it's um on a it's on a desert island. So it makes yeah, perfect yeah. sense for there not to be a lot of vehicles here. I'm just drawing the comparison yeah, you between. Have, uh, you, have, you have boats, you have planes, um, but in previous installments, um, there is a city um, as well. So the um, I believe the Wii game mm-hmm. title was um, City Folk. Um, yep. There, in you know, there are trains that you could take to. You know, visit other towns previously. Um, I think Capen yep. drives drives a bus at one point. So yeah, definitely there. Yeah, look the 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 thing. The more I look at the pictures for it, the things that I'm really noticing are the are the collections of small accessories. And is it my imagination, or does no? Not every set. But there are certainly a few. Certainly there's more than one set that's got a little transistor radio for playing the music in the background. Yeah. Again, that's very um that's very Animal Crossing as well. Yeah. So that's yeah. A, um yeah. But 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 let's talk about a set. So there are five sets coming out in this yep. wave. It is a um it's it's very interesting because the price points are quite, I would say, accessible. They've 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 yeah. clearly looked at this and they've clearly gone. All right, we want to um, make this kid friendly. So if you look at the age ratings, they're like six plus, seven plus sets. Um, yeah, so again, they're quite, they're, so. they're quite kiddie. So um, starting from the smallest set, we have Julian's birthday party, and uh, that it, that retails for I think twenty Australian dollars. So that's yeah. about fifteen euros. Fifteen each. euros, fifteen US 15 dollars. US, yeah. yeah. And we have Bunny's Outdoor Activities and Happens Island Boat Tours. Um, that's in the 20 US, 20 euro, uh, and it jumps to 30 US, 30 euro. Mm. Yep. Um, and like the, the, the second largest set is Isabel's House Visit. So that one comes in at about 70 Australian, 40 USD, 40 euros. And the largest set of this wave is 
Nook's Cranny and Rosie's House. So that one is 75 USD, 75 euros, and 120, 120 Australian. Australian dollars. So which it's a lot. Thing- it, that, that, that's, that's, I would say, quite expensive for a 6 plus 7 plus set. Um, mm. But still, it's not at the, it's not at, you know, Lego Super, like large Lego Super Mario sets or Lego icons. So, you know, this, this is not aimed at, this is not aimed exclusively at adults. So you don't have the adult text or yeah. even so much of a Nintendo text on it compared to comparable um, sets. I would say I, I, I'm almost inclined and I'm not going to look at piece count here because there are a lot of small pieces here just in the form of accessories. Um, but I think these sets are much more reasonably priced than equivalents, even equivalent sized city sets mm. um, from or friend sets from 2023. And I'm wondering if there's, just signs ahead, and I look forward to seeing what actually happens as the um, twenty twenty four range gets rolled out. But I wonder if if this is actually going to be a nice trend for twenty twenty four, where we see pricing return to a slightly mm-hmm. more reasonable level. Certainly, last year there was a significant price hike. Yep, um, that was added in as much to to absorb the ongoing increased cost of production and distribution and almost every level of the production, you know, just with the general cost of living crisis that's facing um, most families on a day-to-day basis is also affecting most manufacturers on a day-to-day basis. And so, yeah, basically Lego just rolled out a price rise across most of the range. I'm getting the feeling that that's being reined back a little bit. It's probably not going to be quite the same as it was back in 2020, but I think we may well see next year's sets becoming just a little, just feeling a little more affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think on that note, um, I agree. I think 2022 and 2023 will forever be the year of the weird price. Yeah. Like prices will be unusually high, um, and they'll they'll just stick out in a in a in a in a very unusual way. But I guess it's mm. the sign of the times. Um, we're coming off record high inflation. Inflation is slowing down slightly, which is a which is a, which is a good sign. But yeah, I agree. Um, this 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 just makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah, looking at the age range as well. Like you can't can't charge adult prices for you know small smallish sets like this that are you know clearly aimed at families so are there any of these sets that you're especially looking forward to here jay uh all of them i'm a big fan like i'm a big like animal crossing fan so i think i've clocked i i i I probably have about two thousand to three thousand hours clocked in animal crossing throughout the years so since since the since the GameCube game, so this set uh, like this this theme, this theme in general is um is a dream come true for me. I don't know. I think I think the the largest set just because it's it's Nook's cranny. Mm. You've got um you know famed industrialist and business titan 
Home look there. That's always that's always a big draw. But I also really like Bunny's outdoor activities. That's just that's just really cute. Um, yeah, and, and they really captured Bunny's um, unbridled enthusiasm and peppiness. So that one looks fun just because there's there's there's, there's a nice mix of like outdoor elements. Um, there's there's just a lot of very Animal Crossing things in yeah. Bunny's outdoor activities. Um, like just looking at the just looking at the photos, you got different types of trees. So you got pine trees, and you've also got fruit trees. You got mm. a waterfall. She's jumping over um, the stream with a um, with a stick. Um, she's camping. So for those who don't play Animal Crossing, um, your town or like your island usually has like a campsite that other animals like come and camp in and visit. And if you like them. You can invite them to stay uh, and move into your island if mm-hmm. you have a vacant lot available. So that's again, that, that's a very Animal Crossing thing. She has all the tools in a crate, um, you know, from a shovel to an axe to a bug catching net. Um, no fishing rod, um, and there is a there's there's also like a a large tarantula that's scurrying around. So tarantulas are bugs that you can catch and kind of scary because they kind of just show up out of nowhere and they'll start chasing you down and you know it's quite terrifying as well and if they if if it bites you you kind of faint and just end up in your own house but if you're lucky enough to catch one of them they're worth a lot of money so yeah there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there which 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 I quite like I I have a question for you so mm. you're not a big um I wouldn't say you're a, you're a massive like Animal Crossing fan, or you have a strong connection to the uh, subject matter. Do you think these sets look like too kitty, and do you think that they feel a bit simple uh, or cluttered? And do you think that that will impact how they're received by adult fans? I would see. A lot of these sets being used as parts packs and accessory packs. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I think that Julian is just chaotic. Again, Bunny possibly doesn't necessarily. Bunny's outdoor activities may or may. I love the big yellow tiles, the six by six tiles, six by six, eight by eight, six by six. Yeah, six by six tiles that they use to make up her tent. These new green underslung half arches um, are appealing to me. I know they've been around in other colours this last 12 months, but they just tie off the look of this tree very nicely. And I may have experimented with a similar sort of a shape, but using a completely different technique because the element didn't exist a few years ago. Again, I think Captain's Island Boat Tour is chaotic in its layout. Yep, there's a I, lot going on there. There's there's a lot going on. Um, it is such a play set. I reckon this could have sold as two sets. You know, you could have had um, what's what's the what's the hamster's name? Ma- Marshall, the chipmunk. So, the chipmunk. Well, yep. Marshall Marshall doesn't look squirrel. Happy. Sorry, not not chipmunk. Squirrel. Squirrel. Okay. Um, I reckon you could have done Marshall with the banana lounges. Mm-hmm. And the fishing rod, 
and Cap'n with a little bit of beach and his boat at, you know, half the price each because that motorboat just yeah. looks so cool. But there's there's just so much going on. I, yeah, it's quite, it's, quite, it's quite a flat set. Like, I feel like it's not, like, there's, 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 there's a few interesting elements, but, um, yeah, it definitely feels like one of the weaker sets, like, design-wise. Like, it's neither here nor there. Look, but at the same time, I'll also say that if I was eight years old and into Animal Crossing, I would be having these two having a fight all the yeah. time. And and I have learned, I've been taught enough about Animal Crossing by my daughter to know that that's KK Slider there on, on the printed tile that uh, Captain's carrying there. So, you know, it's, it's sort of like a nice shout out to other aspects of the thing that haven't made it into sets yet. The one and only. Indeed. Indeed. But, you know, it does mean there's somewhere for them to go next season. I do really like the houses and okay. I see them more as starting points. One of the things that I think a lot of people will have seen these sets and, you know, I've seen a few comments about how they wish it was more like one of the ideas submissions that made it to review previously. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think you could almost use use these sets as a starter point. It's mm-hmm. not going to take too much creativity to be able to then expand the roof and lengthen the building to perhaps get you a more screen realistic version of the the building um mm-hmm. you know they're about as i'm just just looking at them i reckon they're about as small as they can afford to be um particularly with the amount of accessories they're trying to tuck in behind the either inside the building or outside in the front yard mm-hmm. and i i really like like the look of them i i don't need fully formed houses to enjoy playing with them. Um, this dollhouse appearance works quite well for me. Um, I'm unlikely to want to go and create a layout of Animal Crossing sets to try full of buildings that look like they are complete. That's, that's just not the sort of thing that I do. But hmm. I think if you were that kind of person, you'd be looking at having two or three copies of particularly the house sets yeah, and then you'd probably just steal a whole lot of grass tiles from Super Mario to try and fill your island in without it um, becoming overwhelmed with regular bricks or studs. Mm-hmm. So the houses work for me, and look to a certain extent. While I did say that Julian looks pretty chaotic, there are aspects of this set that do just take me back. You know, he, Julian's there. He's got his skateboard. He's got his party accessories. He's got a drink bottle. In Fabuland, there was this perpetual flagon that would just seem to crop up all the time, and you're just thinking this this is not an appropriate drink for kids in this uh, in this particular flagon. Milkshake. Um, yeah, it didn't look like a milkshake container. It, it looked very much it looked very much like a raffia wrapped <laughs> anti bottle. <laughs> yep. Um, I as I, I think there are a couple that I really like. And I could see that those are the sorts of sets that people will actually be looking at built, perhaps buying multiple copies of to expand the building, to complete the building, um, so that they could then craft their own island. That's the big paradox with Animal Crossing design, um, mm. that if, you, um, if you've seen the game, like the houses are quite basic. So the yeah. house, like apart from, apart from your, your own home, which you can slowly renovate and upgrade um, and transform into, you know, from a 
from a tent to a single-story house to a double-story mansion with multiple rooms and a basement. Um, the villager houses are quite simple. They're just very small cottages. Um, but when you enter them, there's a much larger space inside. So mm. there's, there's a bit of a design paradox there in that the inside, the interiors always look larger um, than the outside. So yep. that's a I, I, that's a tough that's a tough design challenge to overcome because you need to balance the actual size of the building and the interiors, which is why I guess the interiors in these sets look quite squished. Um, even mm. the homes themselves. So if you look at Rosie's house or if you look at Fauna's house, um, they're quite rectangular. Um, whereas in in the games, most of the houses are quite like squarish. Um, well, that 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 then that then works. You just need a bit of something else to fill up the roof. Yeah, yeah. I have I have no I have no issue with that. You know, you can sort of sort of stretch them out. Yeah. You'll need a few extra bricks to sort of yeah. bridge the gap. Yeah, but I think I think there's some merit there in that because the demographic, like the key demographic of Animal Crossing, is um, is mostly millennial women. Um, mm. You know, this is a this is a this is a a, a game that has a twenty year old um, history. So the fan base is quite big, especially those that have mm. played since the GameCube days or Animal Crossing Wild World. The demographic's quite established and they're, 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 they're huge communities online, whether on like Reddit or like on Facebook groups, mm. lots of groups that popped up um, to facilitate, you know, visiting each other's islands or showing off your showing off your islands or trading, lots of economic activity. Um, there's, there's, there's a whole economy in Animal Crossing that I won't quite get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's 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 a lot of you know adult players and adult fans that go quite hardcore um, with the game. So I think the initial disappointment that the sets look quite simplistic is is quite valid because, like you said, when Lego announced Animal Crossing, um, I think pockets of the fan community were yeah were expecting something a bit more substantial. Um, maybe not, maybe not to the extent of like eighteen plus, but maybe stretching it to like ten or twelve plus in terms of size and complexity. And yeah, that initial Tom Nook um, or Nook's cranny design on Lego Ideas, uh, one of the first few ones. That that's a really like nicely designed set, but I think the scale mm. is yeah, scale's a bit off compared to minifigures. But you know, that's a that's a really nice model. Um, I, I think that's what's reigned in the price, though. Um, mm. You know, I, th- I think if you know, as you say, we've got two houses there for 120 Australian dollars, um, or two buildings, and ready to play with. You've got great easy access into the back of them. I th- I think it's it's not what your average adult looking for a set for themselves is looking for. Yep. Um, if they're coming relatively if they're relatively new to Lego, they'll sort of enjoy the return to that childhood aesthetic. I, th- I think you'd like to have, see a bit more in it, but at the same time, you know, first wave, it's aimed at kids. Mm-hmm. It's, if you want to draw the Fabuland analogy a little bit further, that was really part of its appeal was that it was designed for those kids that weren't quite ready for the full on building experience. 
It was four plus before four plus was a thing. Yeah, well, look at, you know, it was three to five for the kids that were just finding Duplo bricks were easy enough for them to put together, but they wanted to try putting together something that was a little smaller and a little more character driven Mm -hmm. at a time when Duplo figures didn't look much like they do now. So I I think there was, I think keeping this level of simplicity is still appealing to your existing Fabuland fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably nowhere near the size of the Animal Crossing fan base, but I think keeping that simple aesthetic that fires off those nostalgic neurons just to say, yeah, this is just pulling in all the vibes for the various houses, the various other um, sets, you know, and even when you think about it in Fabuland, we sort of like had an annual five to ten characters at their thing, you know, carrying an accordion, a paintbrush, a ladder, or things like that. And it was sort of almost like a collectible minifigure set before collectible minifigure sets became a thing. So there's a look, I think there's so much here. I'm hearing lots of positive things from. Look, they're prominently Animal Crossing players who already are into Lego, but they're also saying, mm-hmm. yes, they're, they're planning out their March purchases already. Great, yeah. Look, I think Lego have done a... Like, Lego have made a choice here. And because the demographic of... The, the main demographic of this game, um, probably, you know, young... Um, young parents themselves yep. uh, at this stage um, or they have uh, sons and daughters that are old enough to start playing video games and, and Animal Crossing is a, is, is a pretty easy video game to introduce um, to um, to young kids there's there's mm. a lot of creativity there's, there's not a lot of action, there's a lot of reading so it's quite kid friendly so I think Lego choosing to start the wave off and aim at this younger six to seven plus age range is um is probably a deliberate one so that it you mm. know it's it's cutesy enough and it's welcoming enough to uh young parents or you know parents with younger yeah. kids who want you know who who still primarily play with lego like these mm. are very inviting and if you've seen really young kids and how they play with lego it's very chaotic they've got stuff everywhere um and if you're building houses that's just like clutter like everywhere because that's just how they play they want a lot of accessories they want a lot of things that they can interact with so the design of the of the sets make a lot of sense to me yeah um, and you know similar to like friends like some of the 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 friend sets that are aimed at younger um at younger kids they have a ton of accessories you know baking um utensils yeah. plates um stuff that you can just you know stick it into a mini doll's hands and he can just, you know, role play. So the design choice was a deliberate one there, but um knowing knowing Nintendo and I think knowing how Lego works, um, I don't think we can I don't think we should rule out, you know, more sets coming down the pipeline, um, especially like a larger yeah. um especially larger models for some of the more um you know the the bigger structures um in animal crossing law so things like the museum or things like the town hall for isabel yep. 
um, and you know other various large larger you know structures that you can that you can you know possibly build like the villagers' house. There's no villager here, which is quite interesting, I must say. Given that that's that's sort of like your there's, there's no villager here this year. There's no villager here this year. Um, mm. So I think there's there's definitely space to um, expand. Um, and I think expansion is 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 definitely something that they want um, fans to um, you know really take an active role in because that's what mm. Animal Crossing is about. You're about you know it's about building, it's about customizing, it's about personalization. And I think the, the 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 houses being 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 quite simple in design is also intentional because mm. you can then easily replicate them. Um, you know, without having, say, like a massive like Lego collection, for example. Mm. So, um, it's it it'll be it'll be quite simple to kind of like replicate a whole bunch of these other houses for yeah. the other um, characters in the in the first five sets. Like Julian, who doesn't have a house, Bunny doesn't have a house, Marshall doesn't have a house. So you you almost you know you almost. Um, need to build homes for them mm-hmm. to, to 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 get a bit of a complete experience. Um, but again, that's the and and there's a lot of landscaping that you can do. So I've seen people kind of um, you know, poo poo the design of the trees, comparing them to the again the ideas submission, which had a bit more of a adult kind of like very leafy foliage tree design. Mm-hmm. Um, but again. Like the trees, I think, are simple by design because they probably want you to be able to quickly replicate a whole bunch of them if you want to, you know, if, if, if you want to build out, say, like an Animal Crossing island. Let's, let's take the Fabuland analogy one step further. Mm-hmm. With Fabuland, you just grabbed a tree, plonked it down. These are certainly a little bit more work intensive, but I think if you've got the part, access to the parts, you'd be able to put together a you know, a tree just about every twenty seconds or so. Yeah, start um, start ordering the elements to yeah to build more trees. Mm. Um, so yeah, like I I feel like these are very deliberate design choices. Um, and I think at the end of the day, at the mm. end of the day, if you look at these sets, the stars are the characters and the minifigures themselves. Um, yeah, they're they're very yeah. expressive. They look great. The new molded heads are, um, you know, immaculately done. They they look they look great even to me who's not an Animal Crossing, who's who's sort of pretty empty on Animal Crossing lore. Yep, love the way that the um, heads have all come together, but especially then also the detail that's gone into producing the torsos of all of these mm. characters as well. You know, with their stars and their checks and their Pockets and their jackets. Yeah. So look, um, I think they've really nailed the minifigures and just how they how 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 they look in general. And they're going to be the biggest draw because the minifigure is just so iconic and just kind of merging the two of them together is mm. um, is great and it's going to you know pull a lot of fans, a lot of casual fans, a lot of new fans into the game as well. So mm. that's that. That's going to be, I think, quite exciting. And you know, this is a this again. This is a Lego and Nintendo collaboration. This is the second best-selling N- Nintendo Switch game of all time. 
I feel like this is just the first wave because Lego, like looking at what they've done with Super Mario, they probably have mapped out quite uh, an extensive um, portfolio for Animal Crossing. And, uh, you know, potentially they'll have mapped out a way to get five or six waves through. You know, typically we see about three to four years has been mapped through at some level and then that further design development, you know, takes place as it gets a little bit closer to um, theme release date. Mm. And I think, and this is quite exciting um, to speculate on, but because Animal Crossing, uh, because there's so many different character types in Animal Crossing and so many different variants as well. So how, how it works in the game itself is that you have different, like, animal archetypes, so like a squirrel, mm-hmm. a cat... Uh, a rabbit, uh, ducks, um, birds, and they they all they all kind of just have the same shape, but they have different colors and different faces and different um, appearances. But they're always on the same shape, which I think um, translates very well into the possibility of a collectible minifigures mm. theme um, to introduce, you know, um, other key characters without necessarily involving a new set but you can then take you know say um say bunnies um you know head mold and just you know redecorate it and introduce another different rabbit type villager so yeah yeah, i think we 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 might see the first nintendo collectible minifigures Mm. theories it lends itself very well Mm. i i don't necessarily want to Look to that too quickly, but it's more just because part of me is sort of stuck in the traditional ways of doing things. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we could speculate, and if we want to speculate I've, further, I've, um, I've oh, I've got, I've got a, I've got a fan theory wish wish list for this product. Go for it. Building instructions introduced on the Switch. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. I just, I just wonder if that would be an opportunity so that people aren't necessarily using their phones and their iPads. There'll be people who the phone's just not quite small enough, the iPad's a bit too awkward to carry around, but they've got their Switch. Could it be a way of introducing digital building experiences for, for the Switch? Um, when I say introducing digital building experience, I'm really just meaning like almost adapting the Instructions Plus platform for, for the switch well they have apps they have apps on the switch i mean that's a that's a very expensive endeavor but maybe maybe um i will say however that as a um as an avid animal crossing fan um the game has kind of been like abandoned by nintendo mm. which is which is very odd for such a commercially successful game um but again let's 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 go into more speculation um people are expecting a new switch or a new version yes. of the Switch next year. Um, yeah. That's probably on the cards itself um, and, and, and quite likely to happen next year. And mm. when when developers tend to abandon a game, um, it's usually because they're probably working at, at the next game. So I feel like given, given how big of a success Animal Crossing has been for Nintendo, that if a new Switch were to be announced, say, next year... Yeah. Um, it could be quite likely that 
we'll get a, a new Animal Crossing some, um, to go with the launch as well. If I'm Nintendo. It certainly makes sense. Yeah. I'm looking at launching um, the new Switch with a new Mario Kart or a new Animal Crossing straight out the bat because that's, that's, a, that's a guaranteed bestseller right there. Um, mm. with new content, new graphics and everything. So look, the timing timing kind of works well. And if it if that does happen, if we get a new Switch and a new Animal Crossing like mainline game, so not an update or DLC, but a new mainline game next year, that again lends itself well to Cars, new makers fans. New models, new things mm. that we can uh yeah, that we can that we can expect um from the game. So just putting it out there, I think you know Lego and Nintendo have a great relationship. Uh, judging mm. by how much we've gotten from Lego Super Mario, um, yeah, and yeah, I think we can expect that sort of, I guess, VIP treatment from Lego um, with Animal Crossing down the line. So this is this is, uh, I think this is just a taste of what's to come, really. It um, it's. And exciting, exciting times ahead. And say, I can't help but compare these sets with what we've seen in Fabulan in the past. But I think certainly the future is bright for these. I am excited to see what happens with them when they hit the shelves. Mm-hmm. Whether our predictions about this is a um, this is like the gateway sets for for that. You know, let, let's say the millennial university student um, who's perhaps been in their dark ages for a little while, mm-hmm. not long, just a couple of years. Um, I think it'd be exciting to see how the, how the sets perform. But I, yep. I think there's a lot in them for kids. I actually think it's okay that they look so simplistic because even that evokes an air of nostalgia and... You know, part of the appeal of nostalgia is that it gives you the idea of um, a more simplistic time, um, simpler, you know, when life was on the whole a simpler thing than it is today. Mm-hmm. And some of that's going to be real and some of it's just going to be a way of imagining how you'd like your world to be mm. in an attempt to manifest it as such. Yeah. And look, looking at the track record that we have from Lego and Nintendo with Super Mario. Mm. We have sets aimed at kids or, you know, kids who want to play as um, the Lego Mario figure. Yep. And we also have a big, you know, adult set every year. Yep. Big complex yep. adult set every year. So for those of you wanting a giant, uh, I don't know, Tom Nook bust or Tom Nook statue, I, I there's, there's, there's precedent for it right there. Absolutely. How cool would uh, a massive, like, 5,000-piece Tom Nook statue be? I'd buy one. I could see that there would be people who'd like that. I would personally be indifferent. But as I've said before, Lego design decisions and Lego minifigure inclusion decisions, it's not all about me. Yep. Yeah. Look, I think this is going to be a big success. Um, Yep next year this is probably like the smartest one of the smartest like decisions that lego have um have yeah have done in a in a long time and this is gonna this is gonna do really well um and yeah i'm excited i'm excited, yeah. really excited um and that's it that's a um 
we've managed to talk about Animal Crossing for an entire hour. I could talk about Animal Crossing for another hour. Um, just how much I love the love the game. But I think we should. Uh, I think we should wrap it up here. I think we probably should. There are other things that have come to light this week, and I think we can we can probably save it for our next episode. Look, thanks for joining us again. We um, this was meant to be a mini episode, and it turned into a full full length episode. So I, there you go. I never thought it was going to be a mini episode. I I knew you were going <laughs> to. I was just going to grunt occasionally, and you were going to just carry. You were just going to be expressing your fandom for the duration, and um, you know, I'm I'm kind of sad that I don't have the full full insight into Animal Crossing, but at the same time, as I say, the I do find the design of the play sets to be really appealing, and I look forward to picking them up when they become available. And yeah, you know, look, I'll probably just, pick uh, a few of them up at, at 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 full retail because they're they're cute, good looking, full of fun, and not outrageously priced. You don't even need to pay full retail because they'll be slightly discounted at Kmart and Big W when they launch. So absolutely, this is um, one of the things that we can enjoy here in Australia. Exactly. So yeah, look, it's going to be good. Um, I'm so excited and look for me it's just another feather in my cap I've manifested another thing to life with Lego um, and yeah I'm on a good streak in terms of predictions so I'm gonna gonna think of my next next thing then absolutely well look are you an animal crossing player um, have you spent as many hours as Jay or more playing or oh, are you a fabuland fan or are you a fabuland fan but Animal Crossing naive, or have you become Animal Crossing curious now? We'd love to get your feedback. Leave your comments on any of our social media posts relating to this. Leave a five-star review on your favourite podcasting platform. Say some nice things about it. It helps other people to find the podcast. And um, We're also interested in your suggestions for things to talk about where we can talk about a lot of the stuff we talk about for hours at a time as Jay's successfully demonstrated here today. Mm -hmm. Um, But we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We're looking forward to seeing these sets and we look forward to catching up with you next time. Until then, I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick. And I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. And these are the extra pieces. That was less dramatic than last week. You have been listening to Extra Pieces, a collaboration between Jay's Brick Blog and The Rambling Brick. Your hosts are Jay Ong and Richard Jones. The show is written and produced by Jay Ong and Richard Jones with audio engineering by Frederick French Pounce. Extra Pieces can be found through your favourite podcasting platforms. Please like and subscribe. And if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a solid five-star review so that others can find us and share the joy. Some sets discussed on the Extra Pieces podcast are provided by the Lego Group for review purposes, but all opinions are our own.